He's called to die to sin. He's called to die to the world and every other thing that is contrary to the will of God. And the Lord Jesus is our great example. He died. He suffered. He endured. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. He, in patience, submitted to the cost of being our Savior. And we are called to follow him. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today again we come to the message of 1 Peter chapter 2. We're coming to the claims of the cross upon the Christian. And of course, that's the greatest and most powerful motivation in all the world. And if we are serving God because of the cross, surely this stirs our hearts aright. We also have a hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King, and we commence with the question, Why Become a Christian? by answering, Because the Bible tells us to do so. The Bible is the most famous book in all the world, and to this day remains the world's bestseller. The fact that it is popular doesn't make it God's book. Even though there was only one copy sold per year, it would still be the inerrant Word of God. It is the content that matters. It is what it teaches that affects the heart of man. Dr. Paisley, who has just retired after 60 years of pulpit ministry, wrote these words. Our reason needs to be approved by the Bible and not the Bible by our reason. The church needs to be approved by the Bible and not the Bible by the church. The Bible condemns every man and condones no man. It accuses every man and excuses no man. The fire is yet to be lit that can destroy it. The steel has yet to be forged that can scar it. The weapon has yet to be devised that can overthrow it. The scholarship has yet to be developed that can discredit it. The science has yet to be created that can demolish it. The pen has yet to be devised that can annihilate it. The greatest fact of all time is the Bible. How a book which has been so universally attacked could survive and attain to such a place of eminence is a miracle eloquently testifying to its supernatural origin. Because the Bible forthrightly condemns sin, the hatred of sinners has been hurled against it. Because the Bible, in plain and unmistakable language, debases the pride of man. Proud man has set himself the task to discredit it. Because the Bible uncovers the satanic underworld, it is the object of the diabolical attacks of hell. Because the Bible declares that salvation is by grace alone, all false religions have sought to extinguish it. The Bible condemns every man and condones no man, It accuses every man and excuses no man. It abases human reason and exalts revelation. It repudiates the natural and rejoices in the spiritual. Glory not in the flesh, but in faith. Attacked from all quarters and giving no quarter, the Bible has an Israelite experience. Its hand is against every man, and every man's hand is against it. 
But wonder of wonders, it continues to dwell in the midst of the brethren. End of quote from Dr. Paisley. The Bible is like the Irishman's wall, which he built four feet wide and two feet high. When asked why he made it so, he answered, so that if it falls over, it will be taller than before. This book of God, which is heaven's wisdom to man, is all about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior of men. The Bible records the prophecies of his coming into the world as a Redeemer. It records the events of his supernatural conception and birth in poverty of this world. It records his life, words, teachings, and his cruel death on the cross. The Bible records his resurrection and ascension to glory. It also records how he will return as judge of all men. In the midst of the writings of the Bible are the many calls to faith in the Son of God. John said, These things are written that ye might believe on the Son of God. It would be a waste of reading to learn from the Bible of the work of Christ as Redeemer and not believe on Him. Instead of saving your soul, it will condemn you as an outright unbeliever and Christ rejecter. The short answer to why become a Christian is because the Bible tells us to do so. The Bible calls us to faith in Christ. It commands us to believe, giving no alternative to heaven. In Acts 4.12, the Bible states, There is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The Bible gives us promises that all who believe in the Son of God shall be saved and have eternal life. So, the right thing to do is what the Bible calls you to do. Become a Christian. Through calling on the name of the Lord, you will be saved, and you will be a follower of the Lord Jesus, and a follower of His book, the Bible. Thank you.
hardest thing in the world is to submit. You may have heard the story of the little boy who, when he was uh, told by his father, you sit down. And afterwards, the little boy told his brother, I sat down, but inside I was still standing up. And submission is always a difficult thing when we're in the flesh. In fact, we would have to say that to the carnal man, it's impossible. Because we have within us a fleshly nature, a stubborn nature, and that this whole idea of submission is detestable uh, to the unconverted. It is the mark of the new conversion, though. The amazing thing that once we are born of the Spirit and saved by grace, that immediately there's a submission of soul. There's a submission to the Bible. Uh, we are, by God's grace and by God's Spirit, able to bring our lives into the light of the Word of God. And the process begins of seeking that which is the good and acceptable will of God for our lives. And we search the Bible because we want to change and we want to be in submission to the Lord. Now, Peter here is dealing with the claims of the cross upon the Christian in this whole area of submission. And I think you'll agree with me tonight that the cross has a very big claim upon us. Now, I want you to notice the way Peter put it in verse 21. He says, For hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. And last week we learned about this example. It is uh, the outline. And sometimes we give our children little coloring in pages, and we draw the outline, and they color in, and they fill in all the, uh, the colors and markings and come up with this beautiful picture. The Lord has done that for us. He has given us an outline, and we're to fill it in. And in our active daily living and walking and praying and worshiping, we're filling in that outline to come up with a beautiful picture that looks like something of the image of the Lord Jesus and his great grace. Now, please note the words in verse 21, For here unto were ye called. You cannot escape. You were not only just called to escape hell, you were not just only escaped to have your name in the Lamb's book and have eternal life in heaven, but you were called to be filling in that outline, following the example of the suffering of the Lord Jesus. Now, Peter puts a whole lot of emphasis on this in this epistle, First Peter, and you'll find that he returns to it, chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. And the verse before that, for it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing. And you'll notice the, the issue of suffering for well-doing, and we're following the example of the Lord Jesus. He comes back to that, chapter 3.18. Then again in chapter 4, verse 1, for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves likewise. So this is all a part of coloring in and fulfilling the will of God for us. Verse 13 of chapter 4, uh, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Now, that's not something that everybody wants to hear. And if you say to the new Christian, Do you understand that you have to take up the cross, be aligned, 
and identified with the Lord Jesus and bear reproach. And it's going to cost you. You don't work for salvation. You don't earn salvation. But once you accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior, He calls you to suffer for Him and to be associated with that suffering. Now, that is the whole point of these verses at the end of chapter 2. And as I said, these verses, I've wrestled with them. I've looked at them from every which angle. I have looked at word-by-word studies, looking up the lexicon, looking up definitions of words, seeing what various commentators have said about it, and, and trying to just just absorb what in the world is Peter trying to get through to the hearts and minds of these readers of his epistle in these verses. And that's very different from just coming to a text and uh, preaching it in isolation. We're trying to find the logic of these verses. We're trying to find the structure. We're trying to find the step-by-step thinking that's going on in the apostle's mind as he lays these things out. And here it is. A Christian is called to die to self. He's called to die to sin. He's called to die to the world and every other thing that is contrary to the will of God. And the Lord Jesus is our great example. He died. He suffered. He endured. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. He, in patience, submitted to the cost of being our Savior, and we are called to follow Him and follow that very example. It's about bearing Christ's cross. There's another text that comes very much in alignment with this. It's Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And the I dies the self dies, the ego dies. I am crucified with Christ. And Peter is dealing with this. And the cross lays a great claim upon each Christian to follow his example. Now, we want to be like him. We want to find our fellowship, even in his sufferings, and even when it costs us. And we are called, here's my first main point now, we are called to follow Christ's example of suffering because Christ suffered vicariously in our place as our substitute. Notice, notice verse 21. Now, we're not going to skim the surface of this now. We want to get the meat out of these verses. We want to get to the core issue of what this is about. And you'll notice in verse 21, for even hereunto were you called, because, and here's the, the reasoning of Peter now, because Christ also suffered for us, for us, in our place, in our stead, vicariously. Our Lord Jesus died with you and me in mind when he suffered on the tree. He doth suffered for us. In other words, don't you expect to get off the hook 
about suffering, because when our Lord Jesus suffered, He was suffering for us. And on that cross, our Lord took our place. He suffered unto death, bearing the penalty, the curse for sin. And if you were with us this morning, this was the great burden of defining the gospel, substitution. Now this morning, I was aiming more at unconverted minds and hearts. This evening, we're sort of in-house here. When people come back the second time to church, I, I expect them to be serious about the things of God and, and want to dig into God's Word. And so that's what we're doing here. And what does this say? Our Lord Jesus suffered for us in our place, in our stead. Now, verse 24, you'll notice how Peter emphasizes this so much. He's not rushing over this. He's not just making a little statement and running on to something else. He's coming back to it again here in verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, you could outline that putting in categories his own self as opposed to our sins in his own body. Can you see how close the, the identification here? Sin that was stuck to me, stuck to the Lord Jesus, and he stuck it to the cross. Uh, that's as simple as I can make it tonight. He kneeled it to the cross, but it was my sin and it was in his body that he kneeled to the tree. Now, what is the claim of that cross upon me? Hereunto were you also called because Christ suffered for us. What's the claim now? Through the cross and to die to everything of sin and self. That's submission. The thing that we find so difficult, the thing that is so abhorrent to the carnal man, the rebellious nature, I don't want to submit. But here is the example that we follow and the claim that is upon us as Christians as saved by the blood of the cross. Now, I will never have to suffer as my Lord Jesus suffered on the cross. His sufferings as atoning work is all over, finished. One offering, one sacrifice, one time, forever. We never have to add to the sufferings, the atoning, penal sufferings of the Lord Jesus on that cross. But I do have to suffer because to this I'm called. And as I look to that cross and see the dying form of my Savior, there's a call to my heart, follow me. Not to be kneeled to another cross, but to endure the station in life where God has put me. I've had a whole ream of follow-up on that, but let me get to the application. Let me go straight to your home and my home. Peter says in chapter 3, 1, Likewise ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, 
that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. And then he goes on to talk about the meek and quiet spirit, verse 4. Wives, can you follow your Lord Jesus in submission? It's hard. Especially as when Peter was saying here to women whose husbands were not even Christians, pagans, hard men, cruel men at times. And these women were to win their husbands by their godly living, submitting in a meek and quiet spirit. That's the will of God. And to this you're called. Now husbands, we're not off the hook either. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. There's a sacrificial, self-denying love in the role as husband, as the man, father of the home. There is a submission to which you are called. And if it's always going to be your way or no way, if you're going to protest, if you're going to raise up in a rebellious attitude and say, it is going to be my way or no way, you have missed the very example of the Lord Jesus. And our Lord, in his death, in his suffering, he gave us this example vicariously for us in our place, in our stead. Now, modern Christianity doesn't want this. You go to the contemporary church, you go to the contemporary ministry, the emergent church, the contemporary everything, they tell you just believe in Jesus and live as you like. That's not the Christianity of the New Testament. You are to believe in the Lord Jesus and follow his example when it hurts, when it costs. The ego of self has to die. And that's a process more and more. There's not one of us finished in this work. Every one of us here tonight have to pray and plead and wrestle over this. Lord, am I hardened? Lord, am I becoming stubborn and rebellious? Lord, give me the grace that I might follow the example of submission. That's the battle of the Christian. And it's the work to everyone to which every one of us is called. And that's the first point tonight. We'll go to verse 22 now. We're called to follow Christ's example of suffering because Christ suffered innocently. It says there, and Peter makes a, a whole lot of this, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now, where is it most likely to find a person tripping themselves up? It's with their words, with their mouth. Peter tells us how difficult it is to manage the tongue. And when you have a, a wrong attitude, a wrong spirit, and a carnal mind, your tongue will betray you. And the bitterness of your heart will come out of your mouth. It will be observed by all, by the, not just the words you use, but the tone in which you say it. The hardness, the harshness, the cruel tongue. But it says here of our Lord Jesus, who did no sin, neither was guile. There was no bitterness, deception. No hidden agenda, nothing carnal. Though he was accused, he was cursed, he was mocked, he was tortured, he was crucified, and he suffered without a cause 
Our Lord was wronged fundamentally because he was wronged, though he did no wrong, and his enemies set upon him. But how did our Lord respond? Verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. The word reviled, by the way, there means word abuse, mocked, scorned, derided. You remember the old word, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? Well, they do. That's not, a, that's not an accurate statement. You wouldn't want your boy or girl out on the street with people hurling bad names at them. Our Lord Jesus endured that to the greatest degree, although he was pure and sinless. And this is our example. And the time when perhaps it is most difficult to submit is when you are being wronged. When you know that this person is hurting and abusing and reviling and disturbing your heart and mind, the natural tendency is to protest. But our Lord Jesus, his example, that when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Again, thank you for listening to our broadcast here today. If you'd like to hear this program again, or if you would like information about our programming schedules across Canada on various stations, and if you would like the information on how to donate and support this ministry, go to our website, ltbs.ca. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, as again we let the Bible speak. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30 a.m. You can contact us using our office number, which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.